welcome to Captivate and Close. I'm Kinsey Mackis, business consultant and marketing strategist, and I'm going to show you how to attract and enroll high-paying clients using my breakthrough online marketing strategies, all without having to rely on complicated funnels, disingenuous clickbait, or spammy sales tactics. These are the messaging, marketing, and selling secrets that virtually no one is talking about. So let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Captivate and Close. It's so good to be here with you. I have my most favorite humans with me today on this episode, and we have a really, really packed conversation for you today as we dive into the sequence to success. Gals, say hey. Hi. Hi. I've got Ayelet Shipley with me and Jenny Beecher. And as you guys know, um, the three of us have been behind the scenes, just building like crazy and really serving our clients. And um, we don't do this often enough, um, bringing all three of us together. But um, if you're in any of our programs, you know that the three of us really collectively bring uh, a pretty broad, um, but very unique and specialized expertise. So this can be so fun. I yell it real quickly. If you just want to give people a quick intro of who you are and what you do. Yeah. So um, I yell it pronounced like I scream it. I yell it usually helps along that line. Um, and I am the magic behind the sales here. So what I do is I not only help us sell, but then I teach our women how to also sell, but really from a psychology standpoint, understanding people's behaviors, their motivators. Now I use, as you can hear in the background, I'm in downtown Austin. Sorry about that. Um, what I use is a specific framework that's adapted into any model, um, or company or organization or offer, but it's from a really particular standpoint, really understanding the human being we're speaking to the psychology behind it, their motivators, what's going to end them up as the most successful business owner possible and how can we help reach their people? Mm, so good. I love that. And I love, and I think this is something that our women really appreciate too, when they use your framework is um, that it's very, very genuine. And the idea here, we call it value-based selling is that you're not doing harm to people. And, um, it's really about creating that transformative experience, even if somebody says no. Um, and I think it's so fun to see, um, our clients really dive into this method of selling, uh, cause it's so, so powerful and really moves. I think a lot of us are used to seeing, or even our women are used to being taught sort of this like unethical, um, unethical sort of model for, you know, like selling people things that they don't want <laughs> or false pretenses or yes. any of those. I think, it, you know, one of my most messaged words to Kinsey is that's unethical, right? Because the first <laughs> thing I'm going to take into perspective is the human being. How can we get them their, their desired results? And then how can we communicate to them? that to them in the best way possible while giving them some experience in selling because what that is, is it's just providing them a solution to the challenges that they're really in right now. Yeah, so good. I'm really excited. We'll unpack this a little bit more in relation to the different, you know, phases of growth that we're going to unpack here in relation to the sequence. 
And also, I think what I love about you, Ayala, is that you consult with so many different industries or sorry, companies in the industry. And so you have a really good pulse on trends, what's working and also what's working at larger scale. And when we think about building a business, right, that's bigger than sort of ourselves, right, that legacy size business, we have to be able to scale those portions of the business, right? including sales. So I'm super excited. Jenny, how about you? Give us a little scoop on who you are and what you do. Uh, I have to say first that I am like a huge Islet fan and I tell people all the time, like, I'm just going to round it out, but I tell people all the time. I'm like, if I could plug anybody's brain in like the matrix, everybody's seen the matrix when he like plugs that thing in the back of his head. And he's like, I know Kung Fu. Like I want, I want ILS like sit because she does. And she delivers it in our programs because it's so effective and it's not actually as difficult as Kung Fu the way that she delivers it. So I just have to throw that out there because it is so much more. I think people think sales is like you just tell somebody to buy something and hopefully they buy it. <laughs> I think we have to see all the people and we'll unpack this later. I know where they're like crossing their fingers, hoping that people buy something and what words did I say wrong? And it's so much simpler, but also more deep and meaningful than that. So that kind of is where I come in too. So I am a, I a mindset ninja. I'm a master certified life coach. Uh, and I work with the women on our team and our clients to really overcome the roadblocks, the things that we see standing in our way and the things we don't see standing in our way, which is usually our scope, our view, our limiting beliefs, the things that we think we're so sure about, you know, I'm air quoting right now, but our reality and how that actually gets in our way and holds us stuck. And so a big piece of business, business success is really your personal growth. And we firmly believe that your business growth is a direct reflection of your ability to grow as a human. And that's where that mindset work comes in, which I think is becoming a taboo phrase where people are like, yeah, I've done mindset work, like I journal. And I, and I think women that are higher up, right, the more successful we get, the more we think we're over it. <laughs> I've evolved. I just need to know the perfect system, but you'll get in your own way time after time. And so it's really cool to see what happens when we come in there too. I really work with people on like the level of them mm-hmm. and their life and their scope and their dreams and their goals. And then you translate the business out of that. Yeah. So good. And I love Jenny, you're such a ninja because I think, and this is where you guys really balance me out too. And I have to say, I think it's what Jenny, you said, you know, Ayala, we just want to plug her brain in ours. I love Ayala, <laughs> like provide, you give us like this balance, like Jenny and I are always just like, we're just like, we're, we're just like these like uh, Tasmanian devils almost. We're just like, and then Ayala comes in with this like calm collectiveness of like, wait, hold on just a minute. So I love it just all around. Um, I think the three of us, um, again, really create a very dynamic experience. Um, not just for our team, but for our clients. Um, but Jenny, what I love about you is you and where I'm always going to be more driven to teach on strategy, right? You're always kind of pausing to be like, here's what I think you're thinking, or here's what you're probably believing about yourself. You know, when we're training our women and you're so good at dropping into our clients' hearts And like seeing the things that they don't see for themselves. And essentially we have to have the people, those types of people um, that can see our blind spots Um, because ultimately it really is never about the strategy itself. And we're learning even in ourselves as we have taken quantum leaps in the company is that it's, (laughs) it's like the belief has to be in alignment to what you want to create. Otherwise the, the truly the strategy doesn't matter. 
Um, and so you truly are just such like your genius is so incredible in supporting these women in each phase. And it's really cool. So, so grateful to have you guys in my life and on this call today. So, um, let's dive in a little bit. Um, let's talk about phase one. So in this sequence of success, which has been referenced, if you guys aren't already on our email list, definitely, um, send us a note so you can get on the email list. But right now we're, our we've been talking about female founders board, which is our top tier consultancy program for women that are preparing for that legacy size business could be 200 K a year, 500 K, but definitely preparing you for longevity in that seven figure business model. And what we do here, we've been talking about what does that mean? What does that look like? And how do we particularly help women do that? And part of that is understanding the sequence to success, which has been referenced several times over the last couple of weeks, because I'm a firm believer that everything comes in sequence. You cannot replicate success if you don't understand the sequence to success. And I think we see this a lot in our industry where people want to just grab onto these random strategies without understanding what comes first, what comes next, what comes, you know, after that. And it starts with really mastering foundational principles of business, no, no matter what niche what industry you're in, what your offer is in, there's there, there's the five core principles, which we can talk about on another episode, but it starts by really understanding, okay, first I do this, then I do that. And the sequence to success really simplifies everything. And so the first phase within the sequence is what we call the expert coach. This is the identity that you step into to really believe that you're an expert coach. And, it, and within this phase, again, you're just focusing on mastering the foundations. This is what 10K Content Collective is for in uh, just like the, the, first of all, the mastery of uh, marketing and selling, but really simplifying, right? We say all the time, one message, one offer, one platform. Um, the, the common belief here, right, is that you need to be on all platforms. You need to be doing more. You need to be spending 40 plus hours a week. You need to be doing webinars and challenges and, and building out courses. But all of those things are really just a distraction. And so we really boil it down into the fastest path to clients. You should only be focused on serving clients so that you can build your proficiency as a coach and also really learn how to market and sell. Um, can you guys talk a little bit about this phase and what you guys are seeing in our clients and the people that come to us, um, before we move on to phase two, which I know is really geared towards, um, you know, that woman that's starting to scale past hundred K. Yeah, I think you nailed it when you said, you know, a lot of people just want, like, just show me how. And so I think what we see a lot of people coming in with is like, they're just kind of grasping and looking for something that looks good, you know, and like, uh oh, I must need hashtags. I must need, um, you know, a, a sales script. I must need like these things and then that will happen. And, and so what we really see there is people who are talented, amazing heart centered coaches that are really struggling to get their business off the ground because they haven't figured out how to communicate yet. 
to their ideal client. And that's really what we focus on because at the end of the day, it's all about connection and building that trust and safety with people that are ultimately going to hire you. And so when, when we see people stepping into that and really being able to, the light bulbs that go on at this level are so amazing to be a part of. It's just, you can see the weight list lifted off of women's shoulders. So good. Yeah. Yeah. And especially when I'm on the phone, you know, with some of our women before they even enroll, then when I'm teaching them how to sell, when, when we're actually going through the process too, everyone's saying to me on the phone, like, okay, well, what about my social media audit? And the first thing I'm saying is, well, you're not really producing content right now. So how are we going to do an audit on what's going on? We're often told some of the most important things. And this is what I see industry-wide. It's, you know, what, what many coaches are teaching women or individuals how to grow their business. is like, you need this thing, this thing, this thing, and this thing. That's not the most important thing at the end of the day. We need the quickest path to get clients and practice coaching. That's it. We need to get a client and we need to coach at the very beginning. That's the core one. It's that cash flow into business. And two, it's becoming proficient in being a coach, right? And the more you can coach and the more you can do that, then the better you're able to talk to those potential clients and to attract them into it. So it's a balancing act. And that's why we teach it the way we do without saying you need this funnel and this ad and this thing here, because at the end of the day, that's a bunch of BS that people are using to gain their business, right? Because that's what they want, but that's not what's going to get you your results the fastest. Yeah, yeah, I love that. It's like that false attribution, which we just talked about in one of our marketing kits that we put out monthly for clients that are so amazing. But it's this false attribution that's like, oh, well, that person has really great photos of themselves, a pretty Instagram, and like 30,000 followers. So I must need that in order to be successful. And then we see people diving into that or, you know, whatever the the thing is, the funnels, right? We hear a lot of this like automation and this set it and forget it. We joke and call it the Instapot theory of success. Like I'm just going to set it and forget it. And I'll be back at eight o'clock tonight and check my millions, you know, (laughs) but that doesn't happen that way. And, and like, I said, you're sold this, you know, we see it time and time again, because and maybe one person, it, they figured something out, but that's their business model that they're selling you. And it doesn't actually result in you being able to create results for yourself. You kind of end up tail chasing and get a really pretty Instagram or sweet funnel or, you know, but that's not where clients come from. Yeah. So good. And I think that we could all agree that most coaches, most of us don't, you know, sign up to be a coach to say like, I love selling or I love marketing. And so, but what, what you have to do well is market and sell no matter, again, whether you're a coach or not, if you want to be successful online or be a business owner, right? These are, are the skills that you have to build. And so because that first phase though, is so critical and getting it, not just even accepting the identity of the fact that you are an expert coach, right? Getting that belief caught up with your vision, but just mastering these, um, these core foundations of marketing and selling, you have very little capacity for anything else. And so anytime we enter in sort of a layer, it just becomes another distraction, right? It's like fumbling around in tech, a funnel, right? It's just going to keep you from mastering the proficiency of marketing and selling. And like I yell, it said coaching, um, that is going to accelerate 
you, right? Because if you're not coaching, you're not actually learning about your clients. And if you're not learning about your clients, your marketing is not going to work. Your selling is not going to work. And so it's just like really narrowing in. And it's so simple to us. I think it's so simple to us. And our clients understand it now, but everybody outside of us, I think because the noise is louder than ever before, and you have like all these spaghetti throwing strategies coming at us or coming at them, it's hard to clear the clutter. But at the end of the day, you have to build that identity as an expert coach and coach people. And so it's like just focusing on creating clients. And that really truly is phase one. You cannot you cannot grow beyond this phase without mastering those foundations of marketing and selling. So good. Anything else on that before we move into phase two? I think one quick note is to, you know, what we touched on is like, it's not about the loudest person in the room anymore. You know, that's a very old way of business in like coffee is for closers. You know, if you've seen Wolf of Wall Street, that type of hard selling and marketing, the high D's, right? High drivers. That's not the way that business is done anymore. And so a lot of people are still stuck in that way of doing business, right? Be the loudest, promise the most, you know, over promise, under deliver, right? Even though like over delivering is a key word right now. No, most people don't mean it, right? It's really about being transparent, but being honest, having incredibly good content that converts being able to acquire your clients and deliver them incredible results. It comes down to that simplicity. And it's not about being the loudest in the room or being the most vocal. It's about being the most sincere, the most talented and the best at what you do. And that's it. That's so good. And Jenny, would you speak to that? Cause I know a lot of women I'm sure are thinking like, well, I'm not that talented or I'm not good enough yet. I know yeah. I think the belief that, right. I, well, I need to get more experience first before I consider myself an expert coach or somebody that's quote unquote talented. Yeah. That's such a, this is a belief that we see so much at this expert level or the um, aspiring expert level, which is how a lot of women will even say it. Like I'm going to be an expert coach, but really what it takes is understanding that you're, it's very natural. Every single person has those questions of like, Am I, it's, we call it imposter syndrome, right? But having those thoughts does not make those thoughts true. And truly it's not about, um, having 9 million testimonials. I think one of our favorite objections as to why people can't step into their greatness yet is because they don't have testimonials and they'll use that as an excuse, to like give away free coaching. <laughs> and it just, you see these thought processes, but really what that's a result of is just not being able to see clearly and not having the ability yet to step into the fact that you are an expert coach right now. What makes you an expert is not like 57 certifications. It's every single day that you have enjoyed, survived, experienced up until this point in your life and how you're translating that into transformation for other people, you're already an expert. And so it's what we love to work with people with is really embracing that. Yeah. And the decision, I think, you know, I, I give the example all the time when I built my first hundred K in, in that, you know, less than a year, it was like, I had contrast in my life where it was like, it was a non-negotiable to build quickly because I wanted to walk away from corporate. And so anytime I felt, you know, uncomfortable or afraid or, you know, uh, feelings of imposter syndrome, I had to do it anyway. And it was deciding I would, even if it felt uncomfortable, or even if I didn't feel like an expert, just deciding that I was an expert and like how, like that kept me moving because the alternative was, you know, staying in corporate, which 
was not an option for me. And so sometimes you have to give yourself that contrast, right? And well, what do I want to, you know, what do I want to believe about myself? And um, instead, right, in order to achieve the things that I want to achieve, it really just comes down to a decision. And when your belief is that strong, where it outweighs the fears that you have, that's where you, that's where you're successful. That's where you move forward. So if everyone like who's listening can ask themselves, what is the biggest thing that's driving me right, right now? What is that outcome that I must have that the other things, the little things won't get in our way, right? Because we can find the path. We can find the person, the who to help us along the way, right? But our mind and all of that's going to get in the way if we don't have that strong, firm belief and decision. And that outcome is so much stronger. Yeah, so good. So as we as we wrap up phase one and move into what phase two looks like, what, how do people know that they're ready to start preparing for phase two? What are some indicators? And I know like we could definitely put some revenue markers on there, time markers, but it's going to look and feel different for everybody. And so ultimately, what are some components that you guys feel like as we start to unpack phase two of the sequence to success, what are some indicators that people are ready to start progressing or preparing for phase two? I think the biggest thing for me that I notice is just the mindset shift. There's a difference between saying you're ready and actually being ready. And so what that looks like is somebody who is consistently enrolling clients and there's no longer that question of like, is this going to work? It is working. We have concrete evidence. And, you know, like you said, you could put a money marker on it, but it's so different based on your industry, your service and what you're doing. It's more your capacity to show up and really generate um, that bottom line for your business that you need to, and also the results for your client. It's actually not a really far step from the expert coach to the thought leader, the CEO type of um, status. It's more of a decision, like we talk about, to be able to be ready for that when your mind shifts from like, is this going to work to, okay, what's next? I think that's the biggest marker that I see from my end. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, go ahead. I yell it. I was going to say in, in the thoughts around that, right. Cause it really is a, a thought difference in being a thought leader and the CEO and it's now how I expand, right. I'm mastering this. I've got this down. I'm acquiring clients. How do I expand my reach right now? Yeah. How do I get to the next person? And the more people after that, how do I expand from this one-to-one to one-to-many, right? It's that thought process around how am I going to expand my reach and impact more people? That's going to be the biggest step into phase two. Yeah. Yeah. So phase two is really, we call it the thought leader CEO. And there's a couple of things that happen here. And I think ultimately, like if I were to look back on our journey together, especially, I think this is the biggest, most um, the biggest, hardest transition, um, because you are moving from sort of this, this model of just being a solopreneur, right. An expert coach, you're just really good at what you do, uh, serving clients. But if you want to take it to the next level and start to impact, right, there's going to be people supporting you. You have to look at your entrepreneurial gig as sort of a company, and you have to step into the, the, the seat as a CEO, which is a, is a very different way of operating than sort of a, a solopreneur. And I think that this requires you to completely elevate how you see business 
how you're showing up for yourself, how you're showing up for your team, how you're showing up for your clients. Um, and I think this is going, there's going to, there's a lot of, there's a lot of testing in this transition, um, in your identity. And, um, I think this is hard. This is a hard transition. This is where we meet our FFB clients, right? This is where female founders board comes in. So as you're getting the rhythm in clients, but you're like, I'm, I'm almost fully booked. I, they're asking for that next step. What does the secondary offer look like? Um, you know, you're getting rhythm on one platform. You want to add in another channel. Um, you're really starting to see bigger picture vision and you have an eye for those bigger revenues, right? 200K, 500K, 1 million and beyond. But you know that you're kind of reaching a capacity with time. And so we start to build in some time leverage in this thought leader CEO. But it's not just you stepping into a CEO, right? You start to develop a thought leadership about yourself, um, which then translates into your marketing and your messaging. And you start to go deeper with, right, your methods, your intellectual property, which you have been, you know, testing in that phase one. But I think this is really a vulnerable, a, a really vulnerable season, just in my personal experience. I don't know, Jenny, what do you think? Yeah, as you were talking, you know, I my mind goes to what this is where we'll see a lot of people stall out because they, they're getting clients, they're making, you know, $10,000, $15,000 a month, or even some people are like, great, I'm making 5000 whatever you're like, this is great level. And there's this notion that, well, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. But if you're not growing, you're dying, right? That's as a human, that's as a plant, like you're growing until you're not. And so it's really important to make sure that you're continuing to up level what your thoughts are, who you're surrounding yourself with, and really challenging the notion, you know, that what you're doing now is just always going to work forever and you're just going to float along and this will stay good. And I think that that's where we see people tend to be like, no, this is really great. Like I'm great where I am. And it's not about needing to like have to be after millions. It's about wanting to develop those sustainable steps so that number one, you can get to the point where you're able to have clients where they're learning things without you being one-on-one with them, right? This is where we see people being like, well, maybe I'm ready for a group program or something larger. That's not just something that you just sort of do. <laughs> you need to be in the room with people that can help you do that the right way. Um, and so that's like you said, Kinsey, where people will kind of tend to stall out is be like, well, I'll just think about it for a little bit, maybe. But you can't, as a business owner, consider growth optional um, because that's it, it, that's how attrition happens. And then you answer that frustration. And what happens is you sort of backslide a little bit. And that's really, really demotivating for a coach. Um, and it's also very difficult for your clients when they start to feel that energy coming from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's when we start to get comfortable, right? It's that feeling of like, oh, I feel great right now. I feel really comfortable. What's going on right now, right? Because there's you know, as a business owner, like it's challenging, right? That you didn't, it's not easy, right? That, that notion of like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to be starting my own business because it's easy, right? That's not actually how it works. It's challenging. We get big results because we're also challenging ourselves to grow. So that moment of, I start to feel comfortable can't really happen because one industry changes really fast, right? Like that's one thing that we are, not experts in, but we're consistently aware of is that the industry is consistently changing. So we need to consistently change. We need to consistently elevate, right? And so this phase of growth happens as you're set, as you start to accept that too, right? It's like, I can't just learn one thing and master that. Now that I've mastered that, now it's time for the next step. And if you're, if you're in the lifestyle of like, 
I just want to stay comfortable. I just want to stay where I am. The business is actually going to backslide, just like what you guys said. It's totally going to backslide. Um, and you have to get, you have to be around the other people that continue to challenge you and surround yourself and put the, yourself in that room because that creates a level of discomfort and discomfort is good, right? Tension is good in a business. You always want to see some tension of growth. Mm, so good. I think that when I look back at when I hit that first hundred K, I was like on fire. I was like, Oh, sky's the limit. I'm unstoppable. And then I started to layer on these super complicated strategies. And I started like freaking out and doing everything that was like everything, um, other than what I already knew to be working. And it was sort of this mindset of like, Oh, now that I'm here, I've got to make it super hard. And I have to be, uh, I have to be showing up in this way. And I think there, we see this often. I think we see a couple iterations of this. It's either like, Oh, I'm going to go balls to the wall and like, uh, just, uh, start throwing spaghetti, right. And make it super complicated. Um, or I, I think we see that in tandem too, um, starting a little bit of the regression because of, well, I, it should be easy now. And so why isn't this easy? Why isn't this simple? Like it should be easy now, but I'm feeling this tension. I'm feeling this resistance. This is bad. Right. And so this isn't working. I need to stop. And so I think we see a lot of that. And I think even from personal experience, right, that's what I, what, what I had. And so the, the theme here though, is that phase two is just adding a couple new variables on top of the foundations that, you, that, that you've already mastered. Right. But with that, just like you guys said, it's, you're still learning new things. You're having to grow. And now you have, you maybe you're hiring a VA, an executive assistant, right? You're, you have contractors supporting you to help you build that mission. So you're having to lead a team now, not just clients. And sort of there's, there's these layers that start to come out. And if you don't have that experience in your past, I mean, I even had it in corporate, but it's nobody prepares you, um, fully in the way that you'll experience really stepping into a leader of a company. It's very painful and beautiful all at the same time. Um, there's a lot that goes with that. Yeah. It's, it's, I think at this phase too, one key thing that we see is women learning to ask better questions, mm. uh, and have those smarter conversations, which again is why, you know, it's not about investing with somebody to help you start up your business and then you're good and you fly solo. Nobody ever is. Even, you know, even the 10 figure earners are still linking themselves with other people that can help them you know, amass more success and impact. And so understanding that that next level, yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable, but also how can you ask yourself better questions instead of like, Ooh, you know, getting in there and, and hovering on pain points and what's uncomfortable and feelings. I mean, what is that trying to tell me? What was served me to get here? That's not going to work anymore. Right. Because that's the other big thing that we see at this level is you have to learn that what got you to this point, there will be some things that in order to grow, you have to shift them. And they might feel like things that are really, really working or that you're really comfortable with, like Ayala said, like that you don't want to change. But when you can look at it very pragmatically, 
and remove the emotion from it, which again takes a lot of mindset work as a woman and a mother and, you know, all the busy things that we have in our lives, when you can really look at that, that is when that shift happens. And there's a huge amount of growth that happens for people, both financially, personally, in your relationships. This is where everything really starts. You start to see the buds, not just the plant growing. Mm, That's so good. I think what you said, Jenny, was important is like, There is, and we talked about this on last week's episode, this working harder. And this is, you are very vulnerable to this. And I'll admit, I'm super guilty of this as well is like, as you grow, you, so getting to a hundred K or so you're, you just get really good at marketing selling, which means you maybe have different, I mean, we would not encourage you to do this if you're inside 10 K, but you're just sort of selling whatever feels right. It's like, Oh, my price point today was five K, but you know, maybe tomorrow it'll be three K. And so you have these different iterations of what you've been selling. You're just getting really good at, at marketing and selling. And it's sort of this jankiness. And a lot of that, if you want to scale a business that is streamlined, you have to get, you have to unlearn a lot of that working harder or what we call jankiness and commit to the plan. And any time, and you decide that the plan works, we, we talk about this all the time in female founders board, there's this resistance to saying no, right? Or just committing to the plan and believing that it's working, even though the evidence may not um, prove that to you today, because you're building for longevity. It's not convenience in the day to day, which I think is what you get used to in growing up to hundred K, but it's a lot of unlearning that, which is very painful. Yeah, I think the unlearning is something that's really not talked about a lot. It, you know, we just want to go out and fire hose ourselves with the internet and then know all the things and then be totally, you know, um, insulated from failure, from feeling bad or, you know, confidence dings or whatever. But it's really that unlearning and also allowing your, you know, becoming is a very popular word. I'm becoming who I'm meant to be, but that isn't because you're adding on. It's because you're taking off. And so you have to be able, you know, you're whole and complete and absolutely capable of more than you're able to dream of in this moment right now. The reason you're not achieving that is because of all the shit that you've put on over your life, expectations, trauma, how you viewed things, limiting beliefs, all of that. Right. And so unlearning that it not the natural a symptom of that is business success and growth because it's about learning to be different without having to try to be different. You just wake up and what you do is be successful. And I know that sounds cheesy, but it's truly what needs to happen within you in order to have that sustainable success. And that takes community, that takes support, that takes mentorship, that takes coaching, and that takes relentless quest to have that kind of growth in all areas of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of self-coaching, which we talk a little bit about, Mm -hmm. right? We teach you how to self-coach yourself through 10 K. And like Jenny, you said, like at the, at the level, as you start to prepare and step into phase two, you have, you can, you can't be showing up into a mastermind or a group program or whatever, you know, asking things that you can Google or asking things that are basically, um, you know, um, basic. I know that sounds so awful, but truly you learn how to ask other people better questions, ask yourself better questions and coach yourself through the drama because there's so much mind drama. And if you constant, and this is something that I still have to learn, right? Cause I can't vomit that to you guys. I can't vomit that to clients or my, you know, husband all the time. You have to learn how to coach yourself through those scenarios. And that's, um, that's something that that's a skill. Yeah. 
Yeah. That self-coaching is really, really huge. And being able to allow yourself, right. That, that work, because it's so easy to step inside our boxes and be like, this is just who I am. Yeah. You know, you know, when you start showing up and expecting people to provide you something to be successful, that's when the wheels start to fall off. And so I think, um, you know, understanding that, that really stepping into that phase two is it's scary and it's rocky, right? Because you don't get to like waver around with cute insecurities anymore. You've got to pull your big girl pants up and, and really understand like this is about, and then it's, it's in a very fun and empowering way. And this is where community and um, support really comes into play because it's fun when you're in the right room. But if you imagine doing these things alone, and I'm saying alone because you still probably have a spouse, you still have family, you still have people in your, you know, physical, world, they're not going to understand. <laughs> and they're going to kind of freak out because they're going to see you changing. Um, so doing this in the container of your business in a, in a place where you can really have that uh, supported is, is huge. So good. Um, I yell it. So I think with tactically in phase two, we're really helping um, our clients design their scalable offer. Because as you start to have that, you know, you, you're testing your proven method, um, you're, you're seeing what's working, you're seeing the themes. And so this is the step where we get to really, uh, design that scalable offer, meaning one to many. Um, and oftentimes we've done several episodes on, you know, why we like our philosophy on really private coaching first before group coaching. And I'll link up to those episodes in the show notes, but um, I would love for you to talk about what, like, what do you think? Cause I know you've had exposure to so many different, you know, scalable offers, if you will. Um, what do you feel like is in this regard, what creates success around a scalable offer? The number one thing that creates success in a scalable offer offer is your confidence in the results it gives. If like, I have seen it time and time and time again. And this isn't to say, you know, I can't sell anything out of thin air because I I genuinely could if I actually wanted to, but we shouldn't have to, right? And so if if you're not confident in the offer you're selling, especially if the offer is you, the offer is your coaching, the offer is all of this, and it's so personally connected, especially in the women that we're speaking to, you know, even before you bring on a sales team, before you hire a closer, all of this, um, if you're not confident in the results it's going to deliver, it's not going to sell. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And this is also when we want to look at the business model again, everybody's different, but this is when we start to look at where, where can we either automate or start to delegate? So obviously you came in as a closer early on for me, because that was something that I didn't want to, I didn't want to do myself and I want to spend more time, right. Marketing and serving my clients. So I started to get delegate sales so that I could scale that piece. What, um, in this, in this sort of phase, what do women need to be considering within their sales? Um, and what does that look like to scale it? Yeah. So, you know, the one thing that were some of the main things we need to be considering when we're starting to scale this is 
we need to make sure that the offer includes exactly what the women or whoever it is you're serving are, are truly needing and wanting in this case, mm-hmm. right? So the offer has to be, convey both the need and the want, right? We can't go deep into the want without giving them what they need. And we can't sell them what they need um, because it's not always what they want. So it's a really big balance of both. Also looking to you know their future problems, right? What are their future challenges and making sure that the offer encompasses all of it. But the biggest thing when we're doing all of this and we're actually in the sales process is the communication around it, right? Mm. How are we communicating this to our human beings, to our people, right? What does it look like from the start of the marketing to the end of the delivery, right? That communication has to be totally consistent in the languaging and the words and the emotions tied along to it. Because at the end of the day, that's what sales is, right? I, I always talk about the gap, right? A person is where they are. If you can't see my hands right now because we're listening to a podcast, but right at the beginning, they're somewhere. That's where they are right now. Then at the end, that's where they want to be. And everything in the middle, that's your solution. Mm-hmm. Your solution is that gap at the end of the day. Our job is to fill that gap, right? You know, if we think about the, our lives, right? We started one place and right now we're here, right? All the things in the middle are what's gotten us to that place. Now our job is to convey and sell that entire process. That's what it looks like. So good. And this is why this scalable offer is so key to this phase, because once you start to put volumes of people through your offer, through your program, product or service, Um, This is when we start to see bigger themes and patterns. And this is what, again, will really um, help that thought leadership process because you'll learn like people will tell you what you're good at. People are going to be like be shouting off the rooftop like this is what I learned. This is how I learned it. This really resonated with me. And you're starting you like your client base is actually going to help you formulate how you want to be known in the market. And this is where that thought leader piece comes in, right? But all the while, right, you being able to step into a CEO to be able to lead the operations that can support a scalable offer. Because like Jenny, you said, you don't just flip a switch and decide that you can serve volumes of people overnight without the capacity to do it. And so there's all these different layers which is why the sequence is so important and really creating, right? We're just adding one variable at a time and building for longevity. So good. Um, So then that brings us to phase three, which is category queen. And I think this is really when all you're doing now is you're doubling down. It's like you turn up the volume on the things that are already working and now you can, you have more recent resources to leverage, right? You have team, you have um, financial leverage, Um, And now you have market leverage. And so it's sort of like this explosion (laughs) in a very good way, but you're starting to step into more of the empire and everything becomes very fluid from what you know to be true about your clients, your messaging. Um, This is when you start to speak on stages, right? You might consider additional marketing channels like a book, Um, um, starting to um, you know, I think phase two would really recommend, you know, a podcast, but from there, you'll start to like, the market's going to tell you what they want from you. And now you get a double down. And this is when you start to build more of the machine, um, around your business. So you can step up into 
that leader. And I think this phase is when you start to spend a little bit more time setting the vision for the company. Um, and you have, te- you know, you have team running the operations, but again, that transition means you're really dialing in those processes, those systems, you're becoming very business savvy. Um, and another huge, huge identity shift. Um, and I don't know, Jenny, do you want to speak to that a little bit? Yeah, you nailed it with the identity shift. I think that it's, again, we don't just get to be comfortable and stay like, this is great. I'll stay where I am. There is a, there's a huge amount of permission that you have to give yourself in order to shift your identity. The reality of it, it's very simple. I, it's like, um, how do you dodge a train? You literally just step off the tracks, right? Like it's just to the side, same thing with your identity shift, but you have to allow yourself to make that choice probably a hundred times a day. Am I making this choice from like the trains coming at me and this is where I don't want to be anymore. Or am I over here making these choices? And so that identity shift is, is very powerful. And what we see there is still a need to like cling on and have every single decision, right? You've worked so hard to get to where you are. There's been blood, sweat, and tears. Not really, right? And it's a, it's an emotional, it's a life journey to create a business to this scale. But what we see is women coming in and it's like I that work harder mentality, even if you have done all the mindset coaching in the world around it and you feel solid that you've been able to let that go, this is where it will still creep up because you want to protect yourself from losing things. You don't want to lose control. And even if you're giving things over to other people, there's still a tendency to like, you know, nobody's ever going to do it as well as you. So how do you step forward and carry that confidence for your team? How do you step forward and really have that bold audacity to move forward and still be able to deal with some of the things that you're going to have going on inside you? Like, you know, the identity of moving forward and really becoming that next level queen of your category, right? And that's not even to say what happens when you're making these changes in your business and you're making this kind of income in your life things are shifting there too. And that can come into play and, and either sabotage or inhibit or just kind of slow down your progress in business because everything is shifting. And that's, it's, it's a lot bigger vortex as Abraham Hicks would say, right? But you get to control it. And this is, it's a really exciting time, but there is a lot more at play. Yeah. I yell at what do you, oh, go ahead. Yeah. So it's interesting, right? So this is like, the biggest piece in this, in this phase right here. So, you know, up until this point, you have to trust yourself. You have to trust yourself so hard, right? And especially in phase two, right? You're just, you're putting the trust in. This is what I meant to do. This is why I'm here. You also have clients that trust you. Now this phase three, it's much bigger than that because now your team has to trust you. Now you are no longer entrepreneur, solopreneur, have a few contractors in in an EA, you have a team, right? So culture is the most important thing here too, right? You are the leader, you are the leader, you are the category queen. So you have to have that buy-in from your team because they're doing the operations of the day-to-day. So it is that trust on such a deeper level here and that requires a lot of work, right? Internally, externally, all of it. And that's the biggest difference here in phase three. It's not just the trust in yourself, the trust with your clients. It's now the trust of the team because they are running the day-to-day. Yeah. And that's why we have a leadership consultant come in, right? To start having those conversations about culture with female founders board, because you can't just hire on the whim. You can't just ask a random Facebook group about, Hey, who do you know? Like there, you have to be, again, it goes back to thought leader CEO. Are you making decisions, Right in line with, because as we're preparing you, you know, for Female Founders Board, we meet you, uh, you know, in the meat of phase one, preparing you for 
phases two and three in tandem, the decisions you make in phase two are preparing you for phase three. And so are you making those decisions in alignment to that empire-based category queen level? Meaning you're capturing a large market space in your industry. You're getting known. You're the go-to choice for your expertise and like that rhythm. But it starts with really starting to make those types of decisions and operate in that way in phase two. It doesn't happen sort of like, okay, I'm category queen now and I'm ready. It's sort of the the evolving and the building of that identity and learning how to run a business in that way. So big. I love that you said that. So good. So ultimately, I, I think we'll wrap up this. We've already gone, I don't know, 45 minutes or so, but this is so powerful. And I think I hope that for those of you listening, you got a good uh, context in these three phases where you're at, what you should be preparing for in, you know, phase one as an expert coach, phase two as that thought leader CEO, and phase three as that category queen, where you're at. Uh, obviously 10K Content Collective is for you if you're just getting started or you feel like you're sort of throwing spaghetti at the wall right now, get into 10K and master those foundations. If you are generating consistent revenue, you have a gener- you have a consistent um, clientele and you want to start thinking about what that next step looks like um, in scaling your offers in starting to build a machine around your business and stepping into a thought leader in your industry. Um, that's when Female Founders Board is for you. So we'll link up some information here in the show notes. But ladies, thank you so much for being here. I know we could jam out all day on this, um, but I just love you and appreciate you guys so much. And your brilliance is just so amazing. It's so fun being here. This is so fun, the three of us. <laughs> I just love, I love it. So good. All right, girls, have a great day. Thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Hey you, thank you so much for listening. It's an honor to be able to pour into the hearts and minds of like-minded entrepreneurs all over the world. But my most favorite part is being able to connect with you in real life. If you loved what you heard here, head over to the community where thousands of female CEOs just like you are changing the world one human at a time. We go deeper into the topics we discuss here and give away tangible roadmaps to help you crush your revenue goals. To join this high caliber free community, head over to kinseymackis.com forward slash community. See you there.